Hi, everybody, and welcome to podcast episode number 386. And today we're going to talk about two topics, gas prices. Have you seen how much more it's going to cost you to go RVing this summer? And we're also going to talk about another important thing about when you are RVing, that is connecting to the Internet. We're going to tell you about the solution that we have found coming up on podcast episode 386. Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Wendell, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hi, my dear. Hello, Michael. We are coming to you from? From Linden, Tennessee. This is our property that we are developing into um, kind of like our own private RV retreat. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's kind of fun. We've just spent a couple of days here, and we're doing nothing, <laughs> just chilling out. And uh, enjoying it, listening to the wind blowing through the trees, and uh, just being still. I got to tell you about the weather, though. 75 degrees. Uh, we have seen daffodils blooming, a flowering shrub. The grass is starting to green up. Um, there's a little pollen in the air because the trees are budding. Mm -hmm. Can we tell them? I think spring is, is really almost here. Spring not, is almost here. Yeah, it sure feels like summer it feels almost. Like. Yeah. So uh, this is fun because we're just kind of hanging out here. No real work projects, except I was curious to download the photographs from uh, our trail camp that I left. Uh, we've been, last time we were here was three weeks ago. And uh, so I pulled them out and I just had a great time going through. Looking at the deer that's been here, you were hoping to see some coyote. Well, but, um, yeah, so you know, far, I'm, deer. I'm just soon have the coyotes stay away. But uh, if they were on our property, I did want to see them, but we didn't see any, so that's good news. We did see a a, a herd of deer uh, that uh, seems to be coming through every day uh, in the middle of the night, and um, that's kind of fun. So the big question is, were there any bucks? Well, it's hard to tell because their horns don't show up real good, but I didn't see any bucks. They all look like does, but they're pretty good-sized deer. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, we'll put them, for those who are watching the video version of the podcast on our RV Lifestyle YouTube channel, we'll put them there. But uh, it's nice to be on our property. Usually we're here when uh, the folks are doing a big sale. By the way, their next sale here, if you are curious about getting property, is uh, uh, March... 19th, I believe it is. I think it is. I'm not 100%, yeah. March but I March 19th. Think that's what it is. And uh, they, they have developed, this is part of a 3,600 acre development. And we bought, in November, we bought five acres. Uh, you can see we got our driveway and our one of our pads, our parking pads there. We're going to put a couple more on the ends. We've got water now. We uh, can take a shower. Uh, we've got uh, a sewer hookup so we can empty the tanks. And electricity is coming. They've cleared the right-of-way along the roads, and uh, that should be here uh, any uh, any week now. And we're pretty excited about that. And then we'll be ready to go. We're going to put some concrete down, do you think? We perhaps will. Yeah. Hey, uh, we wanted to talk to you about something that is... Uh, probably the industry doesn't want me saying this, but uh, we don't work for the industry. We work for you guys. And that is... Um, 
how much more it's going to cost you to go RVing this year. It's uh, amazing. Gas prices. We've been in four states now. And the cheapest uh, mid-grade gasoline is is about uh, about four bucks, uh, almost four bucks a gallon. Some places more. But if you have diesel, uh, we're pushing five dollars. The cheapest diesel we saw was three sixty, or I'm sorry, four sixty eight, and the highest was five oh five. And we're told that those prices are going to continue to go up way up over the next uh, few months now part of it from ukraine but um you know you've heard all the arguments i don't want to get into the politics and we're going to delete any comments about politics but the reality is it is really going to cost a lot of money some of you with those big diesel pushes you're going to be paying 500 dollars to fill those things up i mean wow. yeah it's unreal uh how much they've gone up add to that the problem of um Finding a campground reservation, it's getting harder and harder. Now, what is going to be very interesting to see now is with these high prices, whether people are going to say, no way, I'm not, I'm not going to spend a thousand bucks on fuel just to go on a short uh, RV trip and short being, you know, six, eight hundred miles. Uh, 500 bucks for 600 miles is, is what it's going to cost them to, in some cases. So is that going to have an effect? Are people going to cancel their travel plans? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll stay closer to home. And if your kids are young enough or you're creative enough, you can camp in your own yard, make a bonfire and make some s'mores and cook out your food. And It's all attitude. And, and, and camping closer to home is another trend I think we'll see. Yeah. This trend, buying your own land, is. Uh, I know that this is going to continue. Uh, we first started talking and reporting on it back last spring about a year ago and little did we know that we had ended up buying five acres here and what do you want to do i'd like to get some property in michigan Similar i like this. really have a heart's desire to do that so that we don't have to go so far yep find a spot and then explore enjoy the area yep uh, we have really enjoyed this area we uh, came in uh, and uh, just a little got got the pictures out of the camera should we tell them about our, our visitors our visitors? Ticks. Oh, yeah, ticks. <laughs> yeah, it's warm weather, the ticks. See, there's a fly, actually, on my camera lens. Let me get them out of here for those of you watching YouTube. Get out of there, fly. <laughs> yeah, it. so far you're winning the ticks battle. Bo had one on him that and I, I had see. Two. You had two. But Bo and I were out tromping around in the woods. and uh, I'm doing my best not to tromp around. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. Well, I remember being out east in Massachusetts, and we were just walking on the sidewalk and ticks were jumping on us yeah that's another problem all over do? the place you know what all over the country do? yeah so um we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about uh the internet in just a moment and the system that we use and then we've got your uh, uh rv lifestyle questions and answers so stay with us as the rv podcast continues when we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our rv it's an easy answer Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. 
and it'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back. And what we're going to talk about this week is good connectivity. You know how important it is, how we've become so dependent upon the Internet. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, um, particularly, you know, those of you who uh, are working remotely, that's a trend that's going to continue. There's, I think... Of all the questions that we get every week, and, and we get dozens and dozens of them, um, always there's several of them about the internet. And people uh, particularly say, well, what system are you using? And while we haven't shied away from it, uh, we haven't really uh, endorsed anything, but enough of you have asked that we thought, uh, we thought we'd, we'd answer that in this episode of the podcast. In fact, we're going to answer it um, by just sharing what we have in our experience. And uh, I'm not promoting that. I am not uh, connected with the company we're going to mention here. We don't even have an affiliate relationship with them. This is just a company, and we paid top dollar for everything. Uh, so the company that we use is called InternetOnTheGo.net. And we've had it now for eight months in our Wonder uh, Leisure Travel Vans. Uh, it consists of, um, of a very expensive router. It's uh, from Pepwave, and it is a dual SIM card. SIM cards are, you know, the, each carrier has its own SIM card that, that uh, is programmed to access its network. Well, this has two SIM cards, one for Verizon and one for T-Mobile. And this uh, router, which costs $950, uh, we paid full price, no discount, no commissions, nothing like that. This is not, I'm not promoting it. We bought it. And back in July and so I didn't say anything about it because I wanted to make sure we were really uh, pleased with it so uh, what I like about this system is that it uh, it picks up whichever is the strongest cell signal whether it is Verizon or T-Mobile and uh, and it latches onto that and if as you're driving T-Mobile kind of gets weak and Verizon stronger it'll go over to that signal and it really has helped. We have um, a massive data plan, uh, 400 gigabytes that we have of data. Uh, in our most heavy usage, uh, um, we've only used about 200 gigabytes. And we use it a lot. Um, this podcast will be uploaded uh, via that system. 
Uh, we do all of our live streaming, like our Ask Us Anything when we're on remote, we do that. You know how much live streaming takes in terms of data? We've never gone over 200 gigabytes, even when we're on the road full time for like a month or so, never more than 200. Now, the 400 gigabytes that we have is divided 200 gigabytes for Verizon and 200 for T-Mobile. And uh, so we've used about 100 for each, each service. Uh, that's how it's been working out for us uh, over the past eight months. Um, so you buy the router, it's mine, I can do whatever I want with it, but I connect it to this internetonthego.net system and that cost uh, my maximum data plan for that is uh, $189 a month and uh, that's expensive it's really expensive but this program I want it I want to be really clear it's not for everybody it's for those who must have reliable internet you ask us what we have and so I'm trying to tell you that but I'm not trying to tell you that you need to spend $189 a month or $950 on a router that's what we chose for our work situation as we work remotely. But I think maybe the best way for us to really sort of explain this is have him meet uh, Michael Kilborn. Michael is uh, the guy who runs Internet on the Go, uh, .net. It's a uh, unthrottled system, meaning that it doesn't ever slow down. I've had access speeds of uh, probably the lowest I got is about 12 megabits per second. Highest I've had over 50. So it's, it's, it works great, you know, in all cases we've used. We've streamed it for mu movies and all sorts of other things if, uh, if we want. And uh, it's just been a good system for us. So, again, I have no interest, uh, financial interest in this company. I'm just a customer. You guys have asked, and we promised that one day we would tell you all about it. And I think after eight months, it's enough that we can share that we've had a very good experience. So how does it work? Um, here's a short interview with Michael Kilborn from internetonthego.net. How does this uh, internet on the go thing work? I have two SIM cards, count them, two, <laughs> uh, from two different networks. Right. Walk us through that process. So the design of this was to make sure that the RV or the mobile or the nomad or somebody who's traveling has the ability to have internet throughout their travels. And what we do is we ride on two networks at the same time. So in your case, Mike, you'll have, say, Verizon and T-Mobile in there. So as you drive from A to B, no matter where you're going, it's constantly looking at both networks, seeing which one gives you a better signal and delivering you the better of the two. Now, so, how much data with these two SIM cards, this system, how much data can we use in a month? It's 400 gigs a month total that you can use, and it, it's broken out by 200 gigs on one card and 200 on the other. Help people understand how much 400 gigs a month is. So 400 gigs would be equated to, let's say, movies. Because when you when you do uh, video, maybe it's Netflix or YouTube, that's kind of the largest data consumer that we'll use. Surfing the internet or checking your bank balance or watching emails doesn't use a lot of data. So let's use Netflix as an example. On 400 gigs, you could, you could watch effectively about... 190 movies a month. That's a lot. So if you have to watch 190 movies a month and you have an RV, you need to get out more. <laughs> and in terms of antennas, it's got all these antennas. It does. It's like a porcupine. So there's six antennas on, on the back of this uh, router. And the two longer antennas, that's Wi-Fi. That's what allows all the items inside your RV, like your TVs and your computers and your laptops and your phones, 
to connect to it. That's Wi-Fi. The, the four smaller antennas, two of them would be for Verizon and two of them would be for T-Mobile. And those two antennas on either side are what connect to the network to bring the uh, internet into your RV. And do the wires have to be up or down? Does it make much of a difference? What, what we tell folks is you don't want them to be crossed because it negates the ability of the antenna. So on the Wi-Fi antennas, they just push straight out on the back and then we'll just fan out the four in a fan pattern just so they're not touching each other so they have the ability to work independently. We have enjoyed this system because we could not be out on the road if we didn't have internet connection that we could count on to answer emails and to do all the different work that we have to do. And I want to say it again, we didn't get any discount. They're not giving us any money. This is just our life experience. Yep. So, um, so we're, we're happy campers <laughs> with this system. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. And again, it's, it's easy to remember. It's just internetonthego.net. And uh, you, can, uh, you can check it out yourself. Again, it's not for everybody. It's an expensive system for us. It's what keeps us on the road and uh, able to run our business uh, from wherever we happen to be. All right. Uh, now we're going to talk about the questions of the week when we come back. Are you tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be for you. Jennifer and I recently bought some property just west of Nashville from a great company in Tennessee that specializes in large acreage RV property. They're called Tennessee Land and Lakes. You can check them out at myrvland.com. The scenery and the setting is breathtaking and you own it outright. It's not a timeshare. Your property, your way. You can garden, landscape, bring your pets, your friends. It's big acreage in a private setting. There's high-speed fiber optic internet connection along with utilities. A wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations. And it's ready whenever you want to be there. Prices for big acreage start at only $79,900. Plus, you get us as your neighbors. There's financing available and some really friendly staff to work with. Visit MyRVLand.com. That is MyRVLand.com. You'll be glad you did. Okay, now it's time for your RV questions. And I'll start out. I've got a question from Catherine. Dear Jennifer, my husband has watched all your videos twice. Once by himself and a second time with me as he tried to get me excited about the way he wants to spend our retirement. He wants to sell everything, get a class A, and hit the road full time. I see the appeal of traveling in an RV, but I'm not so enthusiastic that I want to sell the house that we've lived in for 30 years. Any advice? I want to support him, but I don't want to jump into a full-time RV life until I know for sure. How can I not be a wet blanket? <laughs> Is the RV life as great as you seem to say? Well. Truth time. <laughs> By the way, uh, on our internet system here in the middle of the woods in Tennessee. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, I presume that you've done some RVing that... This isn't just a dream without you having any time and some sort of RV, driving around, exploring, seeing what it's like. And it's really hard when one person gets the vision and the other person doesn't want that. And like you said, it's our retirement, not just his retirement, but both of your retirement. So if you can afford it, I would suggest to keep your home. And I hope you have done some RVing. 
and I don't know what, but something, and uh, try RVing maybe a month. You know, plan out, plan trips together. Try to get interested together in something that you both want to see. Like antique hunting, well, shopping. Well, I don't know what your hobbies and interests are. But Photography. Try yeah. to figure out what you can both agree upon and do some trips that are kind of long. But get a feel for it. See if you like it. Because I wouldn't want to sell my house either and move full time into RVing if I wasn't sure that I was going to like it. But even if you do sell everything and go do it. Of course, you've lived in your house for 30 years. Probably time to downsize. Uh, you can always buy another house, but 30 years, we w I'm speaking for myself, my roots go deep. As soon as I make my house my nest, it's hard to give it up. Just ask Mike. <laughs> now, you, she asked if uh, the RV lifestyle is all that you hoped it would be. We, we are not full-timers, and uh, we agreed right at the very beginning we would never be full-timers. We do like our home, and we have a sticks and bricks home, and um, we visit it. But we're on the road probably half to three quarters of the time, although it's crazy times now, and you never, I don't know how that's going to work out with all the, the weird things happening since COVID, but normally half to three quarters of the time. So we, we, we kept our home because I wouldn't give it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, no, we have to keep our homes. So hopefully you can afford to keep your home and go, I don't know how you're going to class A, RV. I don't know if you have to sell your home to buy the class A. If you're not that attached to your home, you can buy the class A and then later, or, you know, buy another buy home a, if it doesn't a, work. Buy a smaller home. Try and buy a cheaper RV or something like that. Yeah. 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 But it's give and take, as you know, in marriage. Yes. <laughs> give and take. Yes, it is. Uh, Okay, so you, rarely, but you like are it. are you both on the same page all the time? I mean, we heard a pastor say once that opposites attract, and then they attack. <laughs> so, uh, I have the scars to prove that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but you are—you have certainly enjoyed this lifestyle. We yes, wouldn't be we've doing had this. fun. Right. We've, I've seen places that I've always wanted to see, and we were on the road three quarters of the time pre-COVID. Yeah, and. Uh, she told me, though, that if I wanted to go full-time, I wouldn't have to get a big RV because it would just be me and Bo. <laughs> and, uh, I and don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so we did keep our home, and we, we're glad we did. Yes. Okay, another question. This comes in from Marshall, and he says, Dear Mike and Jen, first, I want to say I love you guys. You were a tremendous help in educating us when we started to investigate the RV lifestyle options three years ago. Your experiences directed our ultimate choices for what my wife and I settled into when we started our full-time retirement life. We're in a 25.5-foot Class C motorhome built on the 2018 Mercedes Sprinter chassis. We've been full-timers now for one year. Similar question to what you had. But now my wife has recently informed me that she's willing to be nomadic for only one more year. We have a trip and a caravan and reservations set up until next March. But my question is this. Once we resettle in the Sticks and Bricks home base, where we probably won't have a driveway garage to store the motorhome for weeks at a time, what are the best options for looking to store it? In an outdoor facility, is that problematic? Should it be indoor? Should all the batteries, house and chassis be removed from the unit? I'm thinking we might be able to leave it in a different state, maybe fly back to use it for a few months of the year. Um, would that be too risky? Any idea on storage costs? Thanks for your outstanding ongoing educational information. Thank you, Marshall. 
Lots of questions. Um, let's talk about storage. Uh, when you say you're going to be gone, how long? A couple weeks you're going to keep it out of thing? Maybe a month? Several months? If it's several months, you probably want to disconnect those batteries. You also probably want to find a way to trickle charge those batteries while they're out of, you know, if it's, if it's for a long period of time. I don't know where you live. He didn't say, I don't think. No, I've always said to Mike that wherever we live, we have to be able to have our RV next to us. Yeah, we want, uh, we, this is never unused for more than, I, I used to say more than two weeks, but I would say a week is the longest it ever just sits there. So we, we just keep it, when we're at our house in Michigan, we just keep it constantly plugged into our, we have a 30 amp supply outside in our driveway. You can't do that. So what about outdoor storage? Well, yes, you can store it outdoors. If you're in a cold climate, you're gonna to have to winterize your RV. You're gonna to wanna to go out and inspect it several times, uh, uh, you know, a couple times a month at least, make sure mice aren't getting into it or there's not a leak or anything like that, uh, or nobody's broken into it. Um, you know, the, uh, if, you, if you store it indoors, which is an option, many times it's a heated place, they might even have it plugged in for you. Now the cost. Uh, I, I've done just just checked on this uh, recently. The cost for outdoor storage, at least in our area of Michigan, is about um, about eighty-five to ninety dollars for something under thirty-five feet a month. About uh, eighty-five dollars a month. That's an outdoor spot. It's in a fenced, secure lot. You can go in whenever you want. But that's it. You just park it there, and uh, it's exposed to the elements. About eighty-five a month. Indoor spaces where it's heated, climate controlled, um, where they'll do a concierge service and bring it to you, uh, you know, uh, when you call them up, um, that can run several hundred dollars a month. Ooh. So uh, storage for your RV, if it's going to be out of use for a long period of time, can be pretty costly. Storing it in, uh, keeping it out of state, if you're in a cold climate, that would mean if you kept it down south, you wouldn't have to winterize it which uh, isn't so much a financial uh, issue as it is just a convenience issue. For example, we winterized ours. We, we de-winterized it uh, in uh, late January when we came down. And then the last time we were here on February 12th, and we were going back up to Michigan where it's still cold, I re-winterized it. And then we just brought it down yesterday down here and uh, I de-winterized it again. I mean, it's very easy to do. It's not a hassle at all. Uh, so those are the things that you got to consider. And leaving it in the south where the sun's beating down on it, that's not good for it either. I mean, this is a major investment. Yeah. You need to take good care of it. Yep. So the, the, the issue is how long will it sit unused? And that's, that's what you have to kind of work out, Marshall. So there you go. Hey, those are our questions. We would love to get questions from you. All you have to do is just uh, email us, Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. You can send us your question. Or if you want to comment on anything we've discussed uh, in this, uh, this episode of the podcast, just send it right there, that address. Um, uh, you must certainly have noticed our spiffy new hats, right? <laughs> Jen's got a nice pink hat. Let's this. Uh, uh -huh. This is our new logo on our hats. And uh, these are part of our spring collection, which we just announced. We've got some bright and cheerful spring uh, uh, RV merch, you know, shirts uh, with our slogan, Adventure Awaits. Um, 
So we want to direct you to those. Get some spring merch. Send them to us. We'd love to, uh, to send. We'll put your pictures on the uh, on the podcast as well. And uh, you can find the link on the show notes uh, or, uh, or right here. It's on the website. Just look under shop and you can't miss it on rvlifestyle.com. So that's all we got for you this week from our property in mid-Tennessee. And uh, it's, um, I don't know if they, well, they can hear a jet right now, way <laughs> up high. But it has just been so nice and quiet. Birds, the wind through the pines will sleep well tonight, right? We should. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you down the road. Happy trails.